0: Hello, you're very welcome to the Stoma Service podcast series. My name is Emma Tracy. I'm Service Improvement Manager for Surgical and Clinical Services, which includes Stoma, and I will be today's host. So, today I'm joined by my colleague Tracy Donnelly. Tracy, you're very welcome. It's great to have you here with us. Before we go any further, would you like to
1: introduce yourself to our listeners? Thanks, Emma. Hi, everyone. I'm Tracy, and I am the Stoma Services Manager for the Northern Trust based here in Antrim Hospital. Thanks Tracy. So our podcast today is in preoperative stoma education and counselling. So Tracy, can you start by telling us what is a stoma? A stoma is a piece of your bowel which is pulled out through your belly, turned inside out and stitched to your skin. There are three different types of stomas colostomy, which is made from your large bowel, an ileostomy, which is made out of your small bowel, and a urostomy, which is formed from the small bowel and is attached to your ureters. And the purpose of the stoma is to allow urine or stool to pass through an opening on your abdominal wall instead of the normal way.
0: Perfect, thank you Tracy. So I'd like to open these next few questions to your other stoma nurses who have joined us. Karen, Mari and Becky. you're all very welcome. So how is stoma made and what does it look and feel like?
1: Well, I'll answer that Emma. A stoma is made from bowel. And it's brought through your abdominal wall, either side of your belly button, so it's either on your right side or your left side. It is turned inside out and it's stitched to your skin so that it's adhered to the abdominal wall. If you run your tongue on the inside of your mouth, what's it feel like? Well, it's moist. And when you look inside your mouth, it's red. And the mucosa on the inside of your mouth is the same as your bowel. It's like one big tube that starts here and it runs right the way through you and ends up at your tail end. It's pink or red. It's got a good blood supply, so it has. It has no nerve endings, so if you knock it, there's no sensation. It can bleed and if you're rough with your stoma when you're cleaning around it, it can bleed a bit. We call this surface bleeding. It's normal enough. It's highly perfused with blood vessels. No two stomachs are alike. Like all of us, they're very individual. A colostomy tends to be flushed to your skin. An aliostomy tends to have a spout. They can um, have a loop me which has got two openings, and, um, or an end me which is only one opening. They can be retracted. They're all different shapes and sizes, so they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they look and feel like. Does any use tell
2: patients something different? Sometimes I would tell patients they just, they're like your nose. Everybody has similar properties, but they're all slightly different. Different shapes, different sizes, um, dip, different depths, but they're all similar in as much as Tracy has said, they all have smooth mucosa, they should be moist and they all have a good blood supply. That's brilliant. Thanks,
0: Tracy and Karen. So where in my body would the stoma be placed?
1: Well as I said earlier, um, usually either on the right or left side, if you look down on your belly, um, where your belly button's at, if you're lucky enough to have a belly button, (laughs) or you can see your belly button, (laughs) and if you go about two inches to the right or left of that, you usually find that's a good enough area there for where your stomach is usually at. Now that all depends on your shape and your size. Mm -hmm. Every one of us is all differently shaped and differently sized. Some of us has got Mummy bellies where we have a few wee lumps and bumps and creases. Some people have had surgeries where they've had big scars or they have a hernia. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have maybe no belly at all, nice and flat. A flat sur- surface is all we really need mm-hmm. to, to be able to place um, and give a good sign for stoma. But usually either on the right or left hand side. It depends, it really depends. Can you see it? Can you touch it? Mm-hmm. Are you able to manage it? And we take that all into consideration whenever we come to see you. You know, that morning that we would say to you before your surgery, we have to take that all into consideration. So whenever we would
2: mark you, you would be
1: lying down,
2: sitting up, then forward. And Tracy, isn't it true to say that we would take into consideration activities that the patient would do, oh, very much hobbies, so. jobs, things like that? Very much so. I think clothing as well is
3: a big thing that we would ask patients. Um, what, what do they wear? Because um, ideally, we wouldn't want a stoma sitting on a, on a belt, um, you know, the waistband of the trousers. So we do take that into consideration as well when we're marking patients.
1: And also, if the only place is to put it, is where your belt's at, oh, yeah. you might have to go to braces uh, yeah. <laughs> instead of belts. The aim is that once you have your surgery and you get back to normal life again, that's you can get back
3: into your own clothes and just go on ahead about your normal life again. Yeah, most definitely, you shouldn't have to change your lifestyle because you have a stoma. But as well as that, I think we should say, as care nurses, and us marking a patient, it is only a guide for a surgeon. And at the end of the day, if they take you into theatre um, and they maybe aren't happy with our spot, they do have the right to to move to move that side to something else.
4: It's not only if they're not happy with our spot; sometimes just depending on people's body shapes and stuff sometimes, and, and the nature of the surgery. Sometimes the pa- the surgeons may find it difficult to actually pull to, take to that right, exact yeah. spot, but they will aim to to put it as close to that mark as possible. Yeah.
1: And I do also think that as a patient, you have a right to say where you would like it. Almost oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, think right. really good. Uh-huh, it is. I think it's a good idea too that before your surgery, you try on a stoma bag
2: mm-hmm.
1: and go about your normal day, wear your normal clothes to say, see does this suit my lifestyle mm-hmm. is this somewhere i can accept this stuff of mm-hmm. being at and get it? and you know because it's only until you go back to your normal activities mm-hmm. do you know whether or not you would have problems if, if it's set it too high or if it's set it too low mm-hmm. you know this mm-hmm. is the aim of the surgery is to lead you that you can get back
2: to a normal enough life again mm-hmm. after it mm-hmm. and we always take into consideration uh, Patients with multicultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. patients who might pray at certain times of the day, um, and the movement is involved in that. Mm-hmm. So we would work with them as well with their religious and spiritual beliefs mm-hmm. holistically. When mm-hmm. we're deciding, it's it's taken into consideration all practical elements as well as well as spiritual.
1: And then when you think of the emergency patients, where they maybe aren't seen by the stomach nurse prior to theatre and there really is no choice. It's a case where the stoma is where it has to be. Mm-hmm. Well then, we, we, if there's, we have to work with that, and if there's issues and problems, we will help deal with
3: that. We endeavor to make people have a happy life and comfortable and be able to manage their stoma. So on that note, what are some
1: good tips to keeping your stoma healthy? Um, diet's very important. If, you've got a, if you're lucky enough to have a colostomy, we say you're allowed to have and eat and drink what you want. Within reason. I always say, if you go out and have a vindaloo and 10 pints, well, good luck. The next yeah, day you're price. not going to get off the toilet. <laughs> you're going to be the bathroom's best friend the next day. So um, a good healthy diet. Keep yourself um, fit and healthy. Um, keep yourself well hydrated. Very important that you prevent parastomal hernias. We're going to go into that in a wee bit more detail in another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever you're going out of the hospital, you'll have all these informational booklets to read at your own leisure. Exercise is very, very important. Get yourself as fit and as healthy as possible before you go in. Even if you say to me, Tracey, well, look, see, I have sore knees and I can't go out walking. You know, you don't have to go for a three-mile walk every day, but get yourself as healthy as possible prior to coming into surgery. Get your stop smoking, stop drinking as much alcohol, eat healthy, prepare your body because it is surgery. is
4: it's very demanding. It's very tough on you. I suppose the other thing is um, your abdominal uh, muscles and in, in the tummy. We always um, talk about strengthening those muscles and stuff prior to surgery because obviously whenever the surgeons are doing their operation they're going through the tummy muscle walls and it's really important to build up those uh, tummy muscles um before surgery and then again afterwards as well and again as tracy said we will give you lots of information booklets and one of them uh, focuses on the core four exercises that um, help just strengthen those tummy muscles back up again afterwards there's also a lot of programs that we can get you know there's programs
3: as well that we can guide our patients towards as well just Mm -hmm to guide them in that area um, and encourage them to keep up with their exercises as well. And I think the most important
1: thing whenever you're going in for major surgery and having stomas formed is having realistic expectations, Mm -hmm. getting as much family uh, support around you. You know, us as a team would provide patients with ongoing support, but you know, We can't be there 24 hours a day when you're at home. So getting your family involved Mm -hmm. from the very start is very, very important. And being realistic about what you can do and what you Mm -hmm. can't do. Um, The other thing is surgeries now have went to enhanced recovery. And enhanced recovery basically means um, that new methods mean that you don't be in hospital for as long. Surgically, these techniques um, tend to leave that your inpatient stay tends to, you tend to recover quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't have as much time with you as we did, say, 15 years ago with working with you and your new stoma. So having a
3: good mindset and being prepared is very, very mm-hmm. important. And even as much as we, we encourage patients to become independent with their stoma, um, and that's just to benefit them, As you said, Tracy, you know, but getting your family involved is an excellent idea because in hospital, you have the support of us, as stomach care nurses, you have the support of your nurses, but whenever you go home to manage your stoma, it's fantastic to have somebody else there that can just, you know, that maybe we can also offer those people support and teaching and education. So whenever that patient goes home, the other, um, another family member can help and guide them for the short time that they need to adjust. Um, But ideally it's best for them to be independent.
1: It's Mm -hmm. very good to have a prompt, isn't it? Yes, oh very much so, yeah. Because before you go home, you know, that's all we will be doing is prompting you Mm -hmm. and going through the stages of changing your stomach Mm back. And, you know, that's very very important because we want you to be comfortable and confident before you go home. You know, And and it's just practice.
3: practice. It It, is, it It really is just practice. Um, Practice makes perfect, so the more you can do it, especially in hospital independently, I think the quicker you'll manage it's and the more confident, more confident. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when you're inpatient too, the, if you have an aliostomy we'll refer you to the dietitian because um, you will have to adhere to a special diet for the first 8 weeks after your mm. surgery which is a low residue diet um, low residue in my mind means nothing so I usually say to patients low fibre diet yeah. which is anything that's very very good for you you have to cut it out. <laughs> you can eat all the sweeties and crisps and chocolate, and you can have all that type of fattening food that you want. Anything that's beige and bland, Be bland is your friend. Anything that looks a bit green, give it a miss for the first eight weeks. Yeah,
3: and your brown you breads and wheaten and, and all and those sorts of things.
1: Anything that um, and like. Anything that's green and very healthy will give you a wee bit of wind as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it will but we're gonna talk about wind and things in the podcast series, so we are mm-hmm. so we'll go into more depth than that. Yeah, perfect. Thanks guys. So I suppose then leading on to that is what can you do to help
0: have a faster recovery?
1: The most important thing is a good mindset.
4: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Being positive. Um, Not being afraid to make mistakes,
4: mm-hmm.
1: not being afraid of your stomach because truthfully when you look down and there's this wee red fleshy thing looking up at you, it can be quite frightening. Use us, we're there for support for you, Um, ask us plenty of questions. Mm-hmm. Be careful where you get your information from. Be very careful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The internet is very very good if you know what you're looking for. So, um. Go on to positive sites and we can get guide you towards positive mm-hmm. sites. And yes. there's, there's plenty of positive sites out there. Mm-hmm. If it's a case where you need to talk to someone face-to-face, say someone who's already had a stomach and who's living with it and who's getting on with their life, we can get you in touch with patients who are happy enough to speak to you on the phone and, and give you a wee bit more information. That's very, very important for a faster recovery. Also, um Listening. Listen to us. We're not there to guide you down the wrong path. We're there to give you good, solid information. We will be coming every day to practice you on taking pouches off and putting pouches on. And there'll be days that you'll want to do it and there'll be days that you'll not want to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but we can we can guide that. You know. There's days that we'll go to a patient and they'll say, oh, not the day, Oh, please, I've been sick. I don't feel like it. Or the best one is, my wife's going to do this.
3: <laughs> well, I am so
1: sorry for your wife, <laughs> but you do not get discharged until you can do it yourself. And the quicker, the quicker you take to it yourself, isn't it right? Yeah, I
4: always think getting hands on as soon as possible. So generally, day one after surgery, we'll come round and we like to take things off. And me personally. I I'll take everything off but I talk you down through it all and then when I come back the next day my expectation is that you'll get a little bit hands-on and maybe take the bag off and give a wee bit of clean and I always think the sooner you get the hands-on the better because the more you get to do in hospital the more confident you'll feel it before and I always do say that you'll never feel 100% confident going home but that's just because it's all new to you and there is that I suppose anxiety that you're going to be there on your own but as I say, the more practice you get with us and we'll not let you home until we feel that you're independent with it. Mm -hmm. Practice makes perfect. Practice
2: Mm -hmm.
3: makes perfect. Just one thing to say as well, we're talking about, you know, when patients see their stone for the first time, generally um, the pictures that we would show at our first initial assessment would be sort of textbook, maybe a few days after surgery and then maybe six months or, you know, um, and I would always tell patients as well, The first viewing of their stoma might not be with a textbook picture that they saw. Um, So I always do say it will be more swollen. um, And there can be a little bit of a lot, maybe slough or or some blood that you can see on the stoma. But for them just to realize after a few days, that will settle or a few weeks. um, And it's a new opening. You just had surgery. There's going to be a bit of blood. It's going to be a bit swollen. And sometimes it's maybe not the nicest thing to look at. But um, just rest assured after a few weeks that, you know, that'll all settle down and it'll be maybe more like the, the, the picture that you saw when we first saw you in clinic. Sometimes patients are very hard on
1: themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are, when they expect that they should be able to do it straight away. And it does, it does, whenever you take that patch off the very first time, especially if there's poo coming out of it,
3: mm-hmm. it can be
1: quite shocking. Oh, most definitely. And it's... We we try our best to normalise it, because there's no there's no stoma nurse in this role that doesn't enjoy working with patients with stomas and that's the truth. We all have commented this willingly and openly, because mm-hmm. it is one of the best jobs I've ever done.
3: It's such a rewarding yeah. job. I very rewarding job. Yeah, because
1: we follow the patient from seeing them before their surgery, the whole way through their hospital experience, and on discharge, we're still reviewing you. Uh, in clinics afterwards mm-hmm. and um, we have a great new service that runs Monday to Friday and if problems or issues occur
3: we have our telephone mm-hmm. advice line which runs Monday to Friday as well. I always say to patients that they find a friend <laughs> because as you know they have open access to us you know so even after a year or two years after your surgery three years um, they can always lift the phone if, they, if, if run into any issues or problems so they don't get away from us, <laughs> really.
1: And even, even if a family member needs teaching and, mm-hmm. you know, we give our telephone number out freely to the patients and their relatives so that if they need to speak to us and um, meet us or do a bit of teaching, yeah. we can organise that,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know. we great wee practice books as well, when you think of it.
3: I know.
1: You know, whether are wee fake strumles and are we pouches cut to size. The patients can practice with before they come even into hospital. Mm-hmm. I think that's really beneficial. Mm-hmm. I actually had done a, a bit of research into that, and they say the patients who actually
3: use the practice pack before they come into start into hospital yeah. do better. Yeah, you can see that, but you would see, um, whenever the patient then says to you, "Oh, I read that that practice pack," mm-hmm. they, they're more. Ready for their for their their couple of days after post op, to they already have an idea of what the steps are to change their bag. But then we're talking about all the
1: positive aspects of patients who are up for this, and then there's other patients that just need that little bit more TLC, mm-hmm. and we can provide that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's up
2: for up for changing the pouch the first day after their surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we recognise that everybody learns at a different pace and in a different way. And we have the skills to be able to work with each individual patient and um, maximise their potential with their independence um, as best we can. So
0: how would you maintain good skin health around the stoma?
4: Well, we will be doing a podcast about skin care um, further on uh, through the series, but I'll answer this question um, for us. So basically I suppose the, the, the basic things um, to do is whenever you're taking the bag off um, to use the adhesive remover spray that we'll supply you with because that just helps peel the bag easily away from the skin. Um, cleaning around the, the area, it's important that you keep the area of skin around the stoma nice and clean and we recommend cleaning with just um, plain tap water um, on a wee cloth and then making sure that you dry it well as well. Um, depending on what products you're using then um, you can either have the barrier wipes or just the wee seedles and then your bag. Um, and just if you notice any difference in the skin around your stoma, that you either take measures to re- rectify and make sure that the bag's fitting properly, or else if you're really concerned, if you give us a wee ring, and hopefully we'll be able to help you over the phone. And if not, we can um, bring you up to clinic and, and get you assessed and seen. Mm-hmm. I always say to the patient, the
1: skin under your stoma bag, and the skin on the other side of your belly, should look should at the same. should be no difference in it. So, what is the best way to obtain some of the essential stoma supplies? Anything that we give you in hospital um, is on prescription. So we won't give you anything that's not on prescription. Now, I'm saying that, and then I think myself, the dry wipes and the disposal bags come complimentary from the dispensing chemist or from the delivery company. Mm-hmm. So, you can either um, your GP has to generate your prescription. So we usually fill out a wee form and give it to you that you can give to your GP. And it's just like ordering your, your regular medication. You keep an eye on it and whenever you need to top up, you go on ahead and you order ordered. So you can either use your local chemist or you can use a delivery company. It depends on your lifestyle. It depends mm-hmm. on the relationship that you have with your local chemist. So if you're down to your last box of pouches, I would encourage you to go on ahead mm-hmm. and order a new Set because it does take about two to three weeks for it to come mm-hmm. so um, always make sure that you're well ahead of yourself Organised and be organised mm-hmm. We tend to go very basic with you so we give you what you need mm-hmm. so um, that is an adhesive remover spray and that takes the bag from your belly and the pouch is what we will start all patients off If we feel that you need other accessories we can get those ordered on prescription. Well, They prescribe nearly everything that we would mm-hmm. require. You know, when you're about two to three months down the line, we'll get you fitted for
2: support garments if needed. Um, that's very good for preventing pastoral herions. Mm-hmm. It's important just to remember that everything that we prescribe for our patients is patient-specific. Yes. And not to be sharing. Sometimes we'll get a call to say that there's a problem with the stone bag they're using and maybe they've got it from a neighbour. Um, just to remember that the products that we recommend to the GP to prescribe are based on what that individual patient needs from that stoma bag Um, so it's important just to remember not to be sharing stoma bags and also um, a lot of patients go online now and research different products
1: and order different products through these companies you know, they're there to sell so they are, so they don't care who they're selling their products to whereas we're the ones that have to pick up the pieces if there's a problem that occurs from an ill-fitting stoma pouch Mm -hmm. that you've ordered through the internet and these products are quite expensive too so um
3: it's just being cautious yeah But then then on the other hand too if if somebody sees something online that they are interested in or feel that this would benefit them you know instead of maybe ordering it give us a ring yes and see Do you think that I could use this? This might help me. And we all the time would be able to give a rationale why or why not that would suit that patient. So we're not saying that we wouldn't give it to you. Um, But we know that patients are interested. We know that they go online to look. But I think instead of you order anything, maybe just give us a ring and say, do you think that this would help me? And we should be able to give you a reason why or why not. And just staying on that topic of Pouches as well. What's the best way to dispose
0: of used pouches and how many times a day should you change or drain your pouch? Well,
1: um, you dispose of your pouch in a wee disposal bag and you put it into your black bin. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't recycle them. Colostomy patients tend, because it's a large bowel, and it functions more or less like a normal bowel. Mm-hmm. Once a day, twice a day, three times a day, it just depends on you. So it does and how often those pouches need to be changed. Um, an alleostomy patient tends to be a bit, bit different because the stool that comes out of an alleostomy is um, more liquid rather than a normal form stool. So what we tend to say to the patients who have got an aliostomy is their pouch, I would recommend change the pouch every other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, other day. Yeah. every other day, but you need to drain it maybe between four and six times a day. Mm-hmm. And not that, everybody's different. And everybody's different. Yeah, You know, I had a classmate patient who changes his bag once a day, and then um, his neighbour changed it three times a day. But the, na- the neighbour ate three times the amount of food, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it depends on what you eat, how you eat, mm-hmm. what kind of diet you have. If you have a very healthy diet, you may find that your stomach is more active. So it is very individual, yeah. and, you know, we would gear that towards each
3: individual patient. And as well as like I think if you have a colostomy, I think if there's something in it, just change it. You know, and it doesn't really matter. A colostomy will work very much like you don't have a stoma, like you have like you said, trace like a normal bile. So there might be a day that it doesn't work. You know, and that's yeah. and that's okay too. Um so it is just everybody's individual. But ideally it's not very nice for somebody, you know, if you have if there's anything really in your class bag, um you should just change it, I think, for your own
2: self
1: especially if they go to buy it oh definitely
2: or before you go anywhere i or always before think you go anywhere. yeah uh, i think recently as well we've had a few of our patients come back and say about uh, their work environment and being able to change their stoma bag how do they dispose of it in work because often employers aren't uh, very well educated with the with these medical devices as they refer to them and they will expect a clinical waste spin and things but it's important that our patients know that it just goes in the nappy sacks double knotted, put in an ordinary bin, much like a nappy would. Um, So, uh, you know, just to let their employers know that there is no special way of disposing of it. Mm. And also maybe in the early days, working with employers before you return to work, so that they can maybe put a a, a proper bin in the bathrooms. Uh, We had a patient recently who worked on a building site, and there was no such bin in, so they were able to work with their employer to have just a normal foot pedal bin mm-hmm. put in the bathroom just to make their life that wee bit more dignified and making their stoma change just a bit more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So say you
1: go abroad just to let the hotel know that you have a stoma and that you may need to know where to dispose of your pouches mm-hmm. because if you're in a hot country you don't really want to have...
3: In your hotel room. In your hotel room. Yeah.
1: So a lady told me that she had went... And spoke to the hotel and they provided her with an extra bin Mm -hmm. and they put it in an area that she could go and dispose of. So it was handy for her because she didn't want to have bags of poo in her bathroom, Mm
2: -hmm. which was was a way abroad. That's a good idea, I never thought about that actually. It's all about communication these things, isn't it? Just making sure that you're open with with people and they understand your needs. And quite often people are more than keen to put something in place to help you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And just before we bring this episode to a close, do any of you have any helpful
3: tips or things to remember for our listeners? Always have a spare bag and wipes with you. Yeah, always <laughs> bring it. Bring a supply. And also if you're coming to see us
4: in clinic, always bring your stuff with you as well, the stuff that you use. And don't worry about changing the bag before you come because we want to look at it and we'll take it off anyway. Yeah.
1: And we will always take that bag off, always, when you come (laughs) to see us in clinic, no excuses. We need to see the good, the bad, so we do, to make informed um, decisions on your care. So we need to see it good, we need to see it bad. And I would always say to patients, there's nothing silly, there's no silly questions. If you have a worry, contact us. You can email us, send pictures, we don't mind. Mm-hmm. You know, we're there to give you advice and to help you as best we can. The radar key is um, great to have. Each um, district council can provide you with a radar key. Or if you go through the um, associations like the Colostomy or the Eleostomy mm-hmm. Association, they can provide you with a, a radar key. It allows you access to all council-run toilets in Northern Ireland to give you access to a bathroom, the disabled the bathroom. bathroom oh. yeah. Um, because whenever you're out in public to get somewhere where it's quiet where you have time that there's not a queue of people waiting especially if you're changing your pouch mm-hmm. and you want a bit of privacy to use the disabled toilets you'd have access to that Okay, well
0: listen thank you Tracy for joining and sharing your expertise and knowledge and thanks also to Karen, Vicky and Mari for joining to offer some helpful tips and advice as well um, Thank you for listening and we hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast and benefited from it We'd like to invite you to complete a short feedback questionnaire, which is available via a link in the episode description of the podcast. And please join us next time when we'll be discussing rectal discharge.